Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by Paul Wadlington. Paul, I tell you what, uh, tail of the tape this week. The Longhorns have a big one in Fort Worth. Kick time around 6.30 on Saturday on ABC. A big game for the Longhorns. And, you know, TCU has been hit or miss on defense. They've been hit or miss on offense. Uh, but uh, this game matches up pretty interestingly for the Longhorns. We don't know for sure who the quarterback's going to be yet for Texas. That's a big piece of it. Uh, Sonny Dykes has said he's going with Josh Hoover uh, for himself. They're missing a couple of receivers, but they still have a potent offense. I mean, I know uh, these kind of figures aren't necessarily, you know, one what one would expect, but TCU right now 16th in the country in total offense per game compared to Texas at 18. And that's even with Josh Hoover playing, I think, three the last three games for the Horned Frogs. So it looks like it's going to be the strength of the TCU offense against the strength of Texas, which is their defense right now. Yeah, TCU's four and five, and uh, their last three games are hosting Texas, Baylor, and then going to OU. So if they want to go to a bowl, if they want to become bowl eligible, which is a you know crazy thing to consider given that they played for the national title not so long ago, uh, they need to win this Texas game at home. And I think engender some goodwill for Spike Dykes or pardon me, Sonny Dykes. You're <laughs> my age there, Bobby. Uh, they need to engender some goodwill there because obviously they've had a drop off in performance. And I think the Kendall Bryles hire for OC, uh, quietly, I don't think Texas fans are quite aware of this, but that was a, a burr in the saddle for a lot of TCU fans. They don't want to be associated with that Bryles coaching tree in any way. And uh, I, especially, especially those who are, are tight with Gary Patterson. That's exactly right. There's there's some levels to that distaste for each other. And uh, Patterson was was a guy who was not, you know, very uh, circumspect about letting his feelings be known about Baylor and what went on there. So uh, I think it's an interesting game. It's very important. I, I expect TC to let it all hang out. Hey, I want to ask you, do you think Sonny Dykes is above a little subterfuge of, of announcing Josh Hoover, the starter, and then rolling out Chandler Morris on game day? I think he may play both, but I don't think he'd outright lie. Um, you, you know what I mean? I think he may mislead to your point of subterfuge, right? But uh, I think they could easily play them both, just like Texas could easily play both uh, Quinn Ewers and Malik Murphy on Saturday. True. Yeah, I, I got to call. I got to take an L on this one because when Josh Hoover debuted against BYU, he threw for over 400 yards, four touchdowns. And uh, I think I said on here, oh, you know, once again, Dykes has picked the wrong quarterback. Well, as we've gotten more samples, uh, Chandler Morris is the better quarterback. Hoover has really struggled with taking care of the ball. Seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. In his last few games, it's been three touchdowns versus five interceptions. And uh, he struggled with accuracy. He, he's just not comfortable throwing too many routes. And I think while TCU doesn't get sacked a lot, which is a part of their offense, it's built to not give up sacks. They are getting a lot of pressures, and I think those pressures are getting to Josh Hoover, and he's starting to fold a little bit as a young quarterback, which is not unexpected. So hopefully we'll see Josh Hoover there for four quarters and not Chandler Morse. Yeah, I mean, he he has potential. Josh Hoover does, to be yes. to your point. But so does Arch Manning. So do a lot of true freshman quarterbacks. Putting that into action is a different story. And being a complete quarterback at this day and time for someone that young is almost unheard of, right? As an old high school football coach, 
said to me, potential is a fancy word for ain't done nothing yet. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what Hoover could be in the future. Uh, I'm looking at this, and, and I mentioned that TCU offense. Uh, Texas right now ranked third in the, in the conference in total offense behind Oklahoma, TCU, then Texas. But total defense, uh, the Longhorns right now ranked second in the conference. This will surprise some people that in yardage given up per game uh, at around 30. Uh, Iowa State's first in the conference at number 28 in the country. Uh, but there are some uh, other statistics that make Tex that should make Texas fans smile, uh, to, for lack of a better term. Red zone defense, Texas, number two in the country. We saw that on display Saturday against Kansas State. Third down defense, number two in the country, only giving up 26% of third downs right now, Texas is. That's unbelievable. Uh, and then there's some other numbers. I, I want to go over this. Remember back in the, the, the summertime and Pete Kwiatkowski in his very first uh, press conference came out and said, I want to do four things this year. I want to get better on third and fourth down. I want to get better on in the red zone. I want to get more sacks and I want to get more turnovers. Third down, they're now number two in the country. Red zone, they're number two in the country. Sacks, they're number 31 in the country, but they're already... I think last year, all of last year, they had 27 sacks. Nine games in, they're already at 23, and they may have four to five more games left. So they're going to beat last year's numbers there. Uh, and then turnovers, they're number 30 in the country. Again, another uptick year over year. So Pete Kwiatkowski and his guys are taking that or have taken that next step. But how does Texas fit against this? Um, what is a pass-first offense, really, for uh, Kendall, Kendall Browse and Sonny, Dye, or Sonny Dykes against uh, Texas? Yeah, you know, one thing Texas and TCU have in common on offense is that they move the ball between the 20s and they struggle in the red zone. Yes. The, the red zone defense that you cited for Texas could be the differentiator in this game. TCU's middling in the red zone, just sort of average uh, in terms of defense. So you could see this ball move up and down the field without a lot of points on the board. And, and that'll be an interesting element of this. Which team is able to convert inside the 20? Which team is able to create points out of yardage? I mean, yardage is great, looks good from a big picture statistics standpoint, but TCU is, you know, as you said, a top 20 offense in yardage. They're averaging 29 points per game. There's a disconnect there, right? And it's red zone performance. I think red zone defense for Texas could be a differentiator in this game. Uh, the Pete Kwiatkowski press conference you mentioned, that heartened me when he said those four things because a month prior in my Texas football Big 12 preview, I'd said, here are the four things Texas needs to get better at. And it was exactly those four things. So I'm not saying Pete Kwiatkowski stole it from my preview, Bobby. <laughs> but uh, you know, no, actually, it's just good when you see things the same way as the staff. And I think those were straightforward. Uh, one thing that we do need to clean up, Bobby, and it's reared its ugly head yet again last week and, and first really emerged against Houston. We took a little bye week on BYU because BYU can't run an offense. But crossing routes, mesh, very basic concepts we're still struggling with. And it's not a it's not a talent issue. It's guys not knowing how to what they're doing. And, and you saw it in multiple instances. And that is an area where I think TCU, they watch film, and that is a part of their natural offense, right? Get that ball out quickly. And PK mentioned that sack number, and I'll tell you what, Texas would be in the top 10 in sacks nationally 
if we were able to get a little better coverage on some of those short, easy throws in front of the quarterback. Because uh, Texas had 22 pressures and hurries on Will Howard against Kansas State, but he still threw for 245 yards in the second half because he was getting the ball out to an open guy right in front of him on a crosser, just as Murphy, just as Sweat, just as Burke were getting to him. If we can tighten that up, several of those plays, we're going to go from two sacks in the game to nine. And you go from being a good defense to being an absolutely dominant defense. So I'm looking for that this week. This has got to get cleaned up because I'm telling you, unless when you pair it with Malik Murphy at quarterback and you have this issue on defense against an otherwise very good Texas defense, you put yourself in peril against any opponent. I don't care what their record is. And that's the problem, right? Uh, we saw it against Houston. We saw it against Kansas State. Uh, anytime a team really tries to go to the air and just eschews the run, they're having success at least moving the ball against Texas. And then Texas has to outscore them, which with Malik Murphy can be a tall order because he's not the first string guy, even against U of H when a team surprises Texas with the three high look, it might be difficult for Texas to score a lot of points. And so uh, it's very interesting that, that, that dichotomy there, I will say this, I was looking up the red zone. O uh, for you of uh, or for TCU. They are number 122 in the country. Yes. All right. 25 of 36. They've been to the red zone 36 times. Only 25 times they have scored. They go for it on fourth down a lot in the red zone is what it amounts to. Um, they they have not always been successful in that. Uh, they've it's kind of it's kind of a crazy stat if you look at it. Um, it's not that Texas has scored more red zone touchdowns than TCU. Texas has actually taken more field goals than TCU at this point. Two things that work there on that TCU stat. I'm glad you brought it up, Bobby. One, actually the most efficient thing on a per plate basis that TCU does is hand the ball off to Amani Bailey. However, when you shorten down a distance and you eliminate the threat of the passing game, and, and Kendall Bryles obviously loves to spread it out, and you make it more of a phone booth, their, their running game goes away. Second point, Griffin Kell, their, court, their kicker, who's been good for them, he's 11 of 18 this year, Bobby. 61% accuracy, and he's missed several field goals short. Uh, that's influenced their desire to go for it on fourth down because if if the kick ain't a layup for you inside the red zone, you better go for it. I mean, the the point exchange doesn't make sense. So I think that's going that's what's going on there. If I were TCU and I'm four and five and I'm coaching for my a bowl game and some respectability for my fan base, I play a high variance game. Not only am I going for it on fourth down in the red zone, but I'm probably going to spread it out and throw it. I'm probably going for it on fourth down and four on my 41-yard line. What does TCU have to lose in this game? Almost like Texas Tech a year ago in that regard? Yes, sir. 100%. Interesting. Well, I mean, you're right. They don't have much to lose. They're four and five, and they would love nothing more than to be the purple kryptonite to the Longhorns uh, once more. Uh, you know, that last year – they uh, really, uh, I, I thought they did the best job of anybody of defending Texas. We're going to get to the Texas offense versus the TCU defense. Uh, but first, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, uh, Gabe Winslow at Mortgages by Gabe. This Superman has no kryptonite, Bobby. <laughs> he came here. What, what planet did Superman come from? 
Uh, I don't remember Paul. He came from Krypton. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's how Gabe got here because this guy is supernatural when it comes to doing mortgages. He's really good at what he does. You can reach him at 832-557-1095. Over 20 years in the industry. He's also been on the title side. He's got a law degree. Much more sophisticated than your average bear or your average frog, for that matter. Uh, give Gabe a call and find out why he gets so many raves from my podcast listeners. Everyone gets a trophy podcast. And, of course, from On Texas Football. Reach out to him. He'll do you right. And uh, he'll be happy to chat a little Texas football with you as well. Uh, it's 832-557-1095. Hey, Paul, uh, Jarrell is his dad, I believe. Jorrell. Uh, right, so <laughs> let's keep going here. Um, question for you, the Texas offense now versus the TCU defense. This is a TCU defense that absolutely stifled Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, Quinn Ewers a year ago. It's not the same defense, though, this year for the Horned Frogs. Utterly destroyed us would be a nice way of, of putting what they did to us last year in Austin. Making it relevant to broader news, Bobby, there's a lot of belief on the Longhorn side that the TCU... Uh, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Team had our signals. And I, I mean, the players believe that. The coaching staff, I think, believes that. And I think a lot of UT personnel believe that. A uh, lot of interesting subplots in that story. I, I think a, a person associated with TCU is removed from the building <laughs> a week or two before this game. I mean, a lot of interesting stuff went on. Uh, but, hey, man, uh, all's fair in love and war, I guess. And if you're not cheating, you're not trying. So uh, it's incumbent on Texas to change their signals. And so... Hopefully they've done that. We'll see. Or we'll just see if maybe uh, TCU outcoached us. And uh, maybe that was part of it as well. There's an opportunity here for Texas to attack this. And I think we've learned a little bit, Bobby, that when you do face this flyover, you want to get big. In other words, put out your 12, your 13 personnel and get big and run the ball right up the alley on these guys. Or get small. Spread it all out. Make those guys cover space, make them declare their coverages, and put them in tough situations. What we don't want to mess with, Bobby, is Mr. In-Between. This, this idea of running our base offense against it because it's not a good matchup. And I don't think Malik Murphy recognizes those switching coverages and, and those things very well. And Quinn Ewers, frankly, hasn't always done that very well. So I think the word for this week is to follow some of that Kansas State game plan of get big, run the ball, and do a little play action off of it. And then get small, spread them out, throw the ball. And if they declare a really light box, 
hey, you could turn around and hand it off to Jonathan Brooks with with only five O line blocking. If they got five in the box, yeah, we'll take that all day. It's interesting. You you have the same take on it that uh, Rod Babers does. Rod talks about the the cure theoretically for this three high safety look is extreme alignments. Yes. Um, so to your point, either go, getting out way wide or having a very tight, compact group uh, in, in alignment. And he said that that makes them declare um, as opposed to uh, being able to just sit back and say, oh, we're going to disguise everything that does, uh, you know, confuse not only a Quinn Ewers, but certainly a young, inexperienced quarterback relatively like uh, Malik Murphy. I mean, Malik Murphy this week has less experience going into this game than Quinn Ewers did a year ago. Well, Rod, Rod, Rod knows his ball, and ambiguity is the enemy of the college quarterback. They want certainty. And the more you can create certainty in the mind of your quarterback, particularly at the college level, the much better they're going to perform. That's interesting because that's almost exactly what happens with an Art Bryles quarterback, with a Kendall Bryles as a, as a perspective, Jeff Levy and, and those guys too. Uh, that's almost all of what they they take that out of their hands a little bit, but they've never those teams have never been quote unquote to the mountaintop either, right? So there has to be you know what's the perfect offense? It's probably not that one, even though that one gets a lot out of whatever you have uh, most likely. Or it, it, it uh, how do you want to put it? You you get the best possible scenario you can make out of the team that you have, but it may not be enough to win it all. Yeah, we've never seen a blue blood truly commit to that offense. Maybe Josh Heupel is the closest. Well, I mean, I think I think OU has uh, got to be considered a blue blood right now, uh, long term. But they aren't in the last three years, clearly, or two years. Yeah, I, I guess the companion to it is you also want to see a defense. You know, who knows? Um, bottom line, uh, I I think that it is a great maximizing offense for a certain level of talent and the kinds of talent that you can acquire, right? You know, more often than not, you can find those three-star diamonds in the rough at wide receiver, at quarterback uh, in the state of Texas. Look look at how many Texas spread quarterbacks are starters all over the country. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen any Liberty football. Uh, I think they're 9-0. Their quarterback, dual threat, Caden Salter, Texas guy, awesome player. And you find these guys all over. I mean, there's Texas spread quarterbacks, you know, starting at Wisconsin now, right? I mean, this is not this is not a coincidence. And so it's interesting to think of Texas as the hotbed of quarterback play. Uh, back when we were younger, Bobby, it was California or, you know, or even before that, Pennsylvania back in the day. Uh, no one went to Texas to go find their quarterback. Now everyone comes to Texas to go find their quarterback. For yeah, the and it's been that way literally for the last 20 years since the proliferation of seven on seven in the state really played a role. Uh, guys like Art Bryles played a role in that too. Todd Dodge uh, at Westlake and Southlake Carroll too. Uh, all right, uh, let's let's kind of close this down here and talk a little bit further about it, uh, Paul. Uh, you think your keys to the game in in this in this scenario for Texas is it being able to establish the run on offense and you know keep the ball in front of them on defense? What I mean, what what are the what are the thought processes? Well, yeah, I think they need to absolutely run the ball, but not sort of just run the ball to run the ball, like do it with some intention and some scheming behind it. I thought we had a nice running game plan against Kansas State. We took advantage of their lack of size on the edges. Uh, Kelvin Banks in particular really excels against guys who win on quickness. 
you know, lined up across from him because he's as quick as they are. Uh, and and I think TCU, I like their nose tackle, Demonic Williams. Their two edges, their two ends are Jags, absolute Jags. Uh, they've got one linebacker who I think has been a hugely pleasant surprise for them, and that's Namdi Obiezor. He's been terrific for them in coverage as a blitzer against the run. The guy that's been a big disappointment for them is Jamoy Hodge. Uh, Hodge is a great athlete, a plus athlete. Uh, and you you may remember him as the guy who launches himself at opposing teams' quarterbacks, and he'll take the targeting suspension to put the other team's quarterback out of the game. Uh, but he's not a consistent down-to-down player. Basically, TCU just blitzes him every now and now out of sort of frustration because he has poor recognition. Uh, if you're not ready for that, he can be disruptive. If you are ready for that, and you you put in some kind of clever little counter runs and, and delays to take advantage of them firing their safeties and linebackers downhill. That's what Kansas State did. I think Texas will do very well. And I think we'll do it best out of big boy formations, tackle over, having Malik Ogbo lined up next to another tight end on top of them, unbalanced lines, just stuff to mess with TCU formationally and make them play heads up. I think Texas will excel running the ball against that. And then eventually you get them to overcommit and you, you throw the ball over the top. So Texas run game is one key. What are some others? Well, I, I think what's been disappointing for TCU is I expected them to have a really good defense this year, to tell you the truth. They've disappointed, and they've also disappointed in the secondary, which should be a, a major strength for them given their talent. Josh Newton has been terrific. But Bud Clark, a player you and I both like, Bobby, especially last year, he's been a disappointment at the nickel position. And I think we know how important the nickel is in, in modern college defense. He's been a little disappointing. Um, he's, he's been sort of weak in run support. He's gotten fooled a few times. I'm not sure what's going on with him. But, uh, you know, TCU secondary, I expected them to be kind of locked down. And they've been pretty lax. So I think there will be some opportunities. Look, bottom line, I think a lot of our offensive success is who's our quarterback. If it's Quinn Ewers, I feel pretty good about it. If it's Malik Murphy, you know, he's got a real potential to, to put the ball in peril. And, you know, we, we watched the game against Kansas State and against BYU to a lesser extent. TCU is, you know, Gillespie likes to mix up coverages. He likes to show one thing and do another. I think that could be a little scary with Malik Murphy dropping back. Got it. So ball projection – take advantage maybe of the TCU secondary, then run the ball. What about Texas on defense? What do you think the key is for the Longhorns there? Well, look, we've got Tavondre Sett and Byron Murphy in there. It's it's the number one duo of defensive tackles in, in college football. We've got to be able to stop their run game with an honest box, which I think we can. And then we have got to clean up the pass defense. It's schematic. It's teaching. It's not the guys, you know, with all due respect to Texas fans who, who think, well, if you have one guy in your secondary who's not elite, then that's why, you know, you're giving up these plays. That's not what's happening. These guys don't know who they're covering on some of these crossers and, and mesh routes. We're not calling the pass off. We've got some guys in zone and some guys in man. We've got some guys in man who aren't communicating that they're passing off to another guy. I mean, hey, I'll, we did that when we were 12 years old playing backyard football, Bobby. I mean – this is not like unknown football. It's instinctive, but it also needs to be taught. And Texas needs to clean it up. If they clean it up, our pass rush will get home. You're going to get batted balls. You're going to create all sorts of, of havoc. Ethan Burke coming back, that ain't no small thing. He looked good. 
post meniscus repair. You get him paired up, cleaning it up with Murphy and Sweat, getting that interior pressure. I think we're good to go. We also have to stop a very nasty habit that we've fallen into on key downs. We're blitzing Jade Barron and dropping Anthony Hill into coverage. We need to reverse that. I understand that it's all unexpected and no, they'll never expect it, except that other teams expect it. On these key downs, Bobby, they're offsetting their running back to the nickel side. And as you know, when a running back blocks, his first place to look is inside. You're not supposed to look outside. You're supposed to make sure no one's coming through the A-gaps. And then you can look to the outside. Those running backs at the snap are turning and looking at Jade Barron as he's blitzing. Meanwhile, we're dropping Anthony Hill into coverage. This isn't a good use of personnel. The Cowboys don't drop Micah Parsons into coverage and then bring their best coverage guy. Like, let's let's get some things un, unscrewed, for lack of a better term, and, and play some basic smart football and clean up some of these coverages. If we do, this is a dominant defense, potentially. So I, I'm just frustrated that we haven't gotten some of those pieces fixed. Uh, and, hey, no one's perfect, but now now's the time to do it, especially this backstretch of three games. Yeah, they, they've got to have it. This is, you know, this is the this is where everything is on the line, right? Uh, the entire season, Texas eight and one, but a three game stretch, not only of going to TCU at night, following that with a game at Iowa State at night, coming home against uh, Texas Tech. Texas wins these three. They're exactly where they had hoped to be at the start of the season. And that's in the Big 12 championship game. It starts this weekend uh, against TCU in Fort Worth. All right, that's going to do it for Tale of the Tape. Uh, Paul, you and I will get together again on Saturday, talk a little Longhorn football, and then uh, preview the day's games across the country. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks also to our sponsor, MortgagesByGabe.com. Make sure you give him a call if you're interested in mortgages or looking into them. For Paul Wadlington, I'm Bobby Burton, and this has been On Texas Football.